It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, did you know there was a big E. coli outbreak of romaine lettuce? There's something you need to know about it I'm going to share with you in today's Clark Rage. And coming up yet later, big focus on Airbnb right now. And a couple of things, Airbnb, there was a, a brutal series of murders at an Airbnb property last week. And there's been a lot of criminal activity and rentals where people are getting ripped off through the Airbnb system. I want to fill you in on both of those, what you need to know that's coming up for you later. Clark.com is our main website. Clarkdeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. And I need to talk to you about something that we've been getting an increasing number of calls about, that your mail suddenly stops coming at your home, just instantly stops delivering. What's going on? Well, criminals engaging in identity theft are going into the post office with a fake ID as if they're you and changing the mailing address, doing a change of address form with the Postal Service. Postal Service faces an enormous number of address changes each year, 37 million. And the Postal Service, because of all the the focus on how they become a unwitting assistant to people committing identity theft says they've adopted procedures to designed to prevent false changes of address. But the reality is criminals who are into this sort of thing can pretty easily obtain a fake ID. They go in and they change address. So here's what you need to know. If your mail suddenly stops coming then it's time for a five-alarm fire drill in your financial life. You need to immediately go through the process of freezing your credit because if they are changing your address, that's only part of a whole strategy to steal as if they're you. And so what you need to do quickly because it's the first thing you can get done in the first 15 minutes of becoming aware that your mail has been diverted, is to freeze your credit with Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. That then pretty much shuts down a criminal applying for credit as if they're you. But what other things could they be up to? So let's say they've diverted your mail and then suddenly they have your statements for credit you already have. They can engage in something known as account takeover fraud where they duplicate your card number or uh, engage in a number of strategies to buy things as if they're you with your existing credit. So you have to watch the use of your credit very, very closely. But the very first thing is you... Freeze those files. And I've got step-by-step at Clark.com. Very easy, very quick for you to do that. Second, go to the post office and tell them you did not change your address 
and you need to change it back. And if you do it quickly, you may be in a position to reduce the amount of harm that criminals are able to do because you can limit the number of days mail which will be diverted to the criminals instead of coming to you. This is a, this is a terrible, terrible problem. I love this quote and one of the stories I've seen in the last couple of weeks. This one was from the New York Post where someone who a criminal was engaging in identity theft uh, went up to the court, asked to see his ID, and said, oh, I see you moved to the Bronx. And, and he said, no, I didn't move anywhere. And so it's really, really an easy process for the criminals. And that's why you have to be prepared to fight back. And there are many layers to this, but that's where you start is by shutting down access to applying for new credit as if someone is you, and also getting your mail back in your own hands. And you'll have to think through who might have sent you a bill that's going to go unpaid and be reported delinquent that may not show up. So you got to really think through all the bills you pay each month that the mail may have been diverted for several days till you can get the mail coming back where it belongs to you, its rightful recipient. Barb is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Barb. How you doing? I am just fine, and thanks for everything you do for all of us. I really appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Um, well, I um, am going to be purchasing my lease vehicle this month, and I have $6,000 um, of the 16000 that I need, and um, I, I'm trying to think of a way to finance $10,000, which I plan to pay off in January of 2020. So you're just going to you're just going to take out this money for a matter of many weeks and be done with it. Correct. Wow. But I want to wait until uh, calendar year um, FY 2020 for tax purposes, um, because I plan to take it out of my IRA and I don't want to take any more out this year. Um, So my thoughts are. Should I get a used car loan from a credit union and pay it right off? Yeah, Should the credit you're not going to be the credit union's best friend when you do that, but yes, that is I the right answer. That, that is absolutely okay. the right thing to do. Okay, not put it on a credit card. No. No, because no. uh, okay. generally they're not going to accept that. I mean, credit card, you're going to have to do a cash advance. They're not going to let you pay that $10,000 right. right. balance. And there is another weird strategy, but you have to do it exactly right. So you can take money out of, um, you can take all the money out of your IRA, you know, just say, send me a check. And then you have basically 59 days to redeposit that money. Oh. And you have to move it to a new institution. So wherever your IRA is now, you'd have to have it somewhere else that you're doing a withdrawal. You're moving your IRA account from company A to company B. And And it has to stay in an IRA. Yes, but, uh, you know, you don't have to put it all back in. 
and the only portion you're taxed on is what you don't redeposit. So right. with a 60-day window and how close you are to 2020, the right. tax, as I understand it, would be a 2020 issue, not a 2019. Okay. But I think, right. that, well. I think that that could always blow up on you. <laughs> so you're probably better off uh, following the simple rule and just getting a car loan from the credit union that you'd pay off early in 2020. Great. Okay. Well, that was my first thought. And um, I thought, well, I just need to ask Clark. <laughs> so, yeah, so th- thank you very much. So that much. would be easy, and you'll pay virtually no interest in that time period. Correct. Okay. Well, well enjoy that help. car. I, really I hope, appreciate it. I'm glad that you are the one who is inheriting a vehicle that you know the history of, which is the one really great part about buying out a lease at the end of the lease. Ronald's with us. Hello, Ronald. How you doing? Fine, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Ronald. What's going on? Well, I got a question. My, uh, I've got a 17-year-old grandson that uh, next summer will be going on an educational art tour with his high school class. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to provide him with uh, spending money while he's there. Uh, I haven't, I'm, I'm planning on adding him to my credit card, but also I don't know how much uh, money he'll need, euros or whatever they have by then. He'll need very few euros. I mean, you know, uh, what countries will he be in in Europe? Uh, they fly into London, then they go to Paris, Florence, and Rome. It's like a 10-day trip. Yeah, so, uh, of course, in England he'll be on the pound, and um, in continental europe he'll be on the euro but everywhere he's going the acceptance of credit cards is near universal even for tiny transactions okay good good so that was another one of my concerns i didn't want him to end up with a pocket full of euros when the trip's over and sure but there's an easy way i like for someone traveling for a short trip to have access to getting pounds if they need some cash and euros and that is to get a bluebird card have you ever heard me talk about bluebird i have heard but i don't don't remember exactly what it is but so bluebird with walmart isn't it well uh, walmart and american express okay it's an american express product and it's cheaper to get one if you get it directly from bluebird.com but they charge no foreign currency transaction fees which means that if he makes a withdrawal from an atm in England or in continental Europe, that it costs nothing for that withdrawal in terms of them ripping you off on exchange rate. You can put on it just the amount of money you need, and there are a number of ATMs that you can use fee-free. So the Bluebird, you're able to control how much money he'll have access to, because it's only whatever you put in it, Right, And then he'll be able to get access to it. And then if for whatever reason he needs more money, you can go very easily deposit more money, and then he'll have access to it. Okay, that sounds like a great deal. All right, let's go back to the credit card, though. Okay. You need to check with the credit card issuer and make sure there's no foreign currency junk fees. Yeah, there is none. Then, Then that's like the perfect ticket, that combination of having uh, free ATM withdrawals, and 
fee-free use of a credit card. Oh, one thing you got to, this is going to be confusing to someone who's not been before, like I gather your teenage son's not been to Europe before. That's correct. Um, There's a trick now when you use a credit card in Europe that the uh, restaurants, stores, whatever, will also uh, act like they're doing you a favor and say, do you want this transaction cleared in U.S. dollars? And the answer always is no. Yes, I've heard you talk about that before. And so pound that into his head because that'll cost you about 10% extra for every purchase that they con you into saying, would you like it posted in dollars? Right. Okay, so a credit card and a Bluebird card, he should be covered? Should be should be in great shape. Just got to take with him the list of ATMs that he can use with Bluebird in uh, London, Paris, and the two Italian cities. Right, okay. And All right, Clark. I'm jealous. I never yeah, got he, to do anything like that when I was a teenager. That's, yeah, that's a, I figured this would be a, could be a lifetime experience for him. May not never get a chance to go again. Actually, you may be surprised by that. Um, you know, you never know how often, as cheap as it is now to travel overseas, he yeah. may end up going in his life. I've had the privilege of going to Europe over 100 times in my life. And um, it's, it's just... Uh, well, I love going everywhere in the world, but it's just something I've just been so lucky to get to do over and over again. So who knows? This could be the first of many, many visits for him. You know, you want to believe that what you're buying, that you're going to eat and that you're going to feed your family is going to be safe. That's why what happened with how the FDA handled an E. coli outbreak recently was really upsetting. It's today's Clark Rageous Moment. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. The FDA had information months ago that there was an outbreak of E. coli and romaine lettuce that sickened quite a few people in a dozen states around the country, sickened people in July, August, and September. And the FDA, even aware of it, kept it secret. I mean, the obvious reason is to protect lettuce farmers because of what happened the last time there was an E. coli outbreak and they published the information about it and it was devastating for the farmers. But the FDA and the Centers for Disease Control were finally able to fully verify the cause in October, but still chose not to disclose. And I don't know if they disclosed just in the last few days because uh, the story was leaking and they finally came forward, but this is not okay. You know, we need to have confidence in what the watchdogs are supposed to do to see to the safety of our nation's food supply. And keeping something like this secret is not okay. Now, there's been a separate outbreak of salmonella that has been announced, and 
It's in six states involving ground beef, as I think I said. Number of people have been hospitalized. One has died so far. And we need to have confidence that the cops are on the beat overseeing the food safety supply system, the supply system for food that is, in fact, is safe. And if it's not, that action's taken as quickly as possible. Joel, do you have time for a quick ask, Clark, or let's, should we not do one? Yeah, let's do one. Cynthia said her husband, Matt, she said, my husband, Matt, introduced me to your show, and I'm a regular listener. I know you love Quick Trip. After all, you named your dog after it, but I don't really understand why Quick Trip is better than other gas stations. Can you enlighten me? Well, Quick Trip is one of several like Wawa and Sheets that build very, very clean, safe environments. That's what I love about them. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. Clarkdeals.com is where we're posting deals for you night and day leading up to Christmas next month. So what's going on at Airbnb is very upsetting. I don't know if you are aware that there was a uh, shooting last week at an Airbnb property. Five people were killed, many others injured. And this has been like a ticking time bomb waiting to happen as Airbnb has been under a cloud because of these party house rentals where someone will buy a property and then uh, you're renting it out without, you know, without any intent of it ending up being rented as a party house, but then individuals will troll listings on Airbnb and rent one just for a night or two, and then they'll advertise on social media they're having this big party there, and you pay to go to the party. And in city after city, these party houses have been a big problem, and Airbnb has fought back saying they're not going to do anything about it. This is free market, blah, 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 blah. And um, one of the party promoters ended up arrested in um, where in the southeast U.S. for running a party house racket, and all kinds of problems were going on in the neighborhood because of it and things. So... Anyway, Airbnb now says, now, after five people are dead, they're going to ban the party houses. How are they going to do that? They don't quite have that figured out, but they had to have some kind of response. But Airbnb is going through a very awkward adolescence because it's now a very large organization that is having trouble handling its growth. There was a very, very long-form investigation by Vice, of all people, about problems going on with crooked landlords on Airbnb. Let me tell you how this works. The crooked landlords will list a place for rent. It'll be a beautiful place. It will have magnificent pictures, glowing reviews, The only thing is, either the place does not exist or it's not actually owned by the person listing the property on Airbnb. So they'll rent it out to somebody, and then the day they're showing up, 
they'll get a message from the supposed property owner saying, oh no, there's a terrible problem with the property. Uh, there's been a flood in it or there's this or that or the other. Whatever it is, it's some kind of supposedly temporary circumstance. You can't stay there, but you're in luck because we have this other place you can move to. And we're really sorry for your inconvenience, but we've been able to get you this other place. When you get to the other place, it's the actual real place they're renting that will be a complete dump. And there's account after account about how this is operating, and it's happening uh, in cities around the country. The biggest issue is that Airbnb does not stand behind the renters when they get scammed by this. Airbnb needs to protect its platform. What does protect its platform mean? If people cannot trust that they're going to be treated honestly on the Airbnb platform, then the platform will no longer have the validity in the marketplace. It's up to them. It's up to the operators of Airbnb to beef up their investigative force, and their customer service operation to deal with problems as they happen and to weed out the crooks that are part of the system. Five people dead, and this is really at the feet of Airbnb. It's much more serious than even the problems with the criminal rings with the phony rentals. But it is both situations point to how important it is that Airbnb clean up its act because what they offer is potentially a great environment for me if I've got a property I want to get money from or I'm somebody who wants a place to stay and I don't want to stay in a traditional hotel. They just got to make it work better than it's working right now. And if you were going to rent a property on Airbnb, really take time to read those reviews. Be very careful about the property you're thinking of renting. Just because it's listed with a bunch of great stars, it doesn't mean anything. Because people manipulate reviews all the time. You're the one who's got to read those reviews thoroughly and decide whether or not a place really is a place you can trust and be comfortable staying at. And Airbnb, get your act together. Dale is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dale. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you, Dale. How can I be of service to you? Um, I was wondering if you thought it would be beneficial to get into a 529 plan to round out some college savings, but assume I'm probably going to need the money in two to four years, so a relatively short time frame. So two to four years, you'll get a minor benefit from going into uh, putting money into a 529 account. I mean, the real benefit of a 529 flows from having money in there for many years to grow, but there there is a slight advantage to having money in a 529 plan for a very relatively short period of time because whatever growth the plan does have flows tax-free use for college 
where money you have outside that 529 is going to be subject to tax on your earnings. Okay, and that's uh, capital gains and, and everything, correct? Yeah, it could be. Well, you know, if you're looking at a two- to four-year window, you're typically looking more at ordinary income tax because you're more in savings-type mode than you are investing kind of mode. Right. With that kind of window. So that does tip an advantage to a 529 plan, even for a relatively short um, saving cycle. I won't call it an investing cycle at two to four years. Okay, fair enough. Well, I think it might be just a little too short then to bother with at this point, but uh, we'll take a look at it and proceed. And what state are you in? Uh, we're in Alaska. All right. So Alaska has a plan that, uh, let me see where it ranks. It's on my teacher's pet list, which is not my list of the best plans, but it's a perfectly acceptable plan. And I have a direct link to that plan because as Alaska is and many other places, there's multiple choices for 529 plans. And I've picked out the one that is the lowest cost for you to go into. Okay. So if you check that out, then that would be a, a safe zone for you to pop money in for a relatively short period of time. But... Um, you know, I have a grandbaby who's a month old, and his parents have already opened his 529 account, and I haven't put any money in it myself. But anyway, they've been funding the 529 account, and they have the benefit then of 18 plus years for the money that they put in to grow tax-free and be spent tax-free on college. And that's a real opportunity when you can afford to budget for that and put money aside from when a child's very, very young. J.D. is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, J.D. Hello there. I have a question concerning personal umbrella insurance policies. Uh, my wife and I have a fair amount of assets, but mostly due to our interest in a family business, ownership interest, and uh, to protect our personal assets, we have a homeowner's policy and an auto policy. The auto policy doesn't have excessive limits, but it's 100000 per person, 300000 per incident. Um, but I'm being advised to get an umbrella policy to cover the possibility of some catastrophic liability event like maybe a car accident or something like that and i but think that's with what you said as a preamble mm -hmm. that sounds like that makes perfect sense to me and the great thing about an umbrella policy is for what you get they're really cheap yes well i guess my question is um in business what i'm seeing is that when we get a lawsuit the first question that comes from the attorneys is, how much insurance do you have? Sure. And so I'm wondering if, if I put an umbrella policy of, let's say, a million dollars, if I'm really just in, inviting people to uh, issue higher claim demands in the event of a liability event. And that's a moral hazard. That's a risk that when you do have yourself well insured, that somebody watching, you know, Bad TV sees all those ads for, have mm -hmm. you been injured in an accident? You know the ads. Yeah. And I yeah. saw one, okay, I saw a billboard 
the other day that said uh, something to the effect, if you've been injured, I can make sure you win. And the person's yeah. like smiling like they just won a lottery. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know that's the mentality you're talking about because exactly. it, it's reality. But mm-hmm. let's look at the other reality. Let's say something does go wrong and there's an accident that is your fault or mm-hmm. it looks like it's your fault or somebody gets hurt on your property at your house or whatever and you're going to get sued. They will sue the deepest pockets which in mm-hmm. your case would be the insurance company and you, they're going to hope right. to score whatever they can get from insurance and whatever they can get from you. Mm-hmm. If you've got deep enough pockets with owning a business and that kind of stuff. So right. I think that you you need to just do the defensive thing and mm-hmm. have the umbrella policy. Yes. Well, what you're saying makes perfect sense, and I do appreciate that i think it it makes sense to protect the assets that you that you have and and just to be wise about it and a million dollars i know this is weird to say but a million may not be enough Mm. because if you have a business there that could be worth a substantial amount of money and somebody is able to successfully argue a big amount for pain and suffering you're the Mm -hmm. one who could be suffering a lot of pain as well Wow. So yeah. uh, depending on what kind of amounts you have to lose, that helps mm-hmm. inform how large a value of an umbrella policy you should have. Yeah. And the good well, news, makes- in spite of all yeah. this suing and all that, the odds that you're ever going to face this situation mm-hmm. very low. And that's sure. why the cost of an umbrella policy is so low are you looking at like two hundred and fifty for the first million? Yes, let's see. It was um, it was actually less than that going through an agent that we're already dealing with. So, looks like it was about a uh, hundred and uh, yeah, maybe a hundred and fifty dollars or so. I mean, that is very little money to have some peace of mind, and yeah. and it's cheaper by the dozen. You know, as you add millions. Mm-hmm you pay less for each additional million because the actuarial risk to the insurance company of having to pay a multi-million dollar judgment, uh, you know, it goes steadily down as the numbers go up. So just make sure you're properly protecting what you're so fortunate to have built up in a business that would be money that could be at risk and value that could be at risk. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chris. Hi, Clark. I want to thank you for the many weekends of silence on my family road trips. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my question for you today is uh, I'm looking to get an additional credit card. Uh, According to the rules of Clark, you need to have two different credit cards um, from different issuers. And my current two cards are um, from the same issuer, and they don't hold uh, travel insurance um, insurance there. Um, which uh, cards do you have right now? Um, I've I have the double cash from City, and then the Costco from from City. And City just sent a mailer mailer out to all the tens of millions of the Visa card for Costco saying how great their card was omitting all the benefits they just took away from all the cards, including the travel coverage that the cards had. So Yeah, and I'm just about ready to book a rental car, so that's one thing that was under consideration of what I need to do here. How many trips do you take a year? Um, I travel a lot for work, so a lot of my, my travels on my um, business card or my my employment card. Um, so it's not a lot of um, trips that we'd be taking uh, personally. Um, but I guess I looked at it as we, we book a lot more of our monthly spend on credit cards. So it's pushing our monthly um, available credit to a number that I'd like to have another card issuer in our, in our wallet to have that flexibility for, for credit score purposes. So I was thinking that uh, the travel question, travel part of this, makes me think about the Chase Sapphire card product. And the preferred is going to have an annual fee of, I think it's $95. But the benefit of it, I think, makes it worth you looking at. So when I was researching Clark, and this is one thing I didn't see within the website, is um, my credit union is offering a 2% cash back card that um, is, is, and I guess I, I'm not sure that you have that as a recommended, recommended um, means of acquiring a credit card. No, that's um, great. I mean, that's um, great. I mean, credit unions are generally much better at how they treat their member than how a bank treats its customers. So if your credit union pays 2% cash back, which is very unusual, most credit unions top out at 1.5%. If you can do 2%, get a separate issuer, this case your credit union, I love that. I mean, that would be a great idea. It would get you a second issuer. And for people who aren't aware about why what Chris and I are talking about is so important is charge-offs rise Credit card companies get very nervous about their portfolios, and they can cancel a customer. Well, if you have your only two cards with one company, and they cancel you out, you got no credit anymore. That's why you want to diversify that. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.